hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Are you tired of working for someone else? Are you frustrated with being at the mercy of their schedule, their decisions, their mood swings? Do you want the freedom to pick up and walk away from it all? Well, then you're in luck because you're listening to Queer Money, episode 281. And today we're talking about financial independence. What is it? Why isn't the queer community pursuing it the same vigor that the general population is? And how can we change that? To be clear, that's the whole purpose of the Queer Money podcast is to talk about financial independence for the queer community. Remember, we make the Queer Money podcast for you. So please post your money questions in the Queer Money Facebook group. We may answer your question in an upcoming episode. Now, let's get on with the show. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. David? Yes? Are you fi curious? John, you of all people should know that I'm a gay man. <laughs> no, I'm asking if you're curious about financial independence. <laughs> well, yes, in a manner of speaking. I mean, we are one flavor of financial independence. Right. Exactly. And that's what we're talking about today. Financial independence is a huge movement among the general population, but it seems there's only a sliver of the LGBTQ community who's pursuing financial independence and even fewer who have actually reached it. And as you said in the outset, that's the whole purpose of the Queer Money Podcast. We want to help more people not only achieve financial security, but financial independence. And so we're going to dive into what financial independence or FI is today. So you no longer have to be (laughs) FI curious. (laughs) So what is FI or financial independence? You know, I think that the problem is, is that a lot of people have financial independence confused. They have a misconception of what financial independence is. They confuse it with being independently wealthy. So for a lot of people, when you say, are you pursuing financial independence or are you curious about financial independence? They think you're talking about somebody who has millions and millions of dollars, doesn't ever have to work for anyone, can have this amazing, fabulous life, right? It's the ones that I think a lot of people dream about, but that is not financial independence. It's something that's completely different, right? And so what really is financial independence? Well, John and I like the definition of wealth that Robert Kiyosaki, the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uses to define wealth. And in that sense, what really financial independence is. And that's when you have enough investments from your maybe stock, real estate investments, and that all gives you income. Maybe you have invested in a small business. All of that gives you income that allows you to cover your living expenses. It basically allows you to cover your living expenses without having to work for someone else. You don't have to have the nine to five job. You don't have to have the job and the side hustle. You don't have to be doing all of that because you have taken care of investing in yourself and in 
other things that allow you to earn enough money to live off of. Exactly. So another definition of FI is that your finances, your income versus your investments are such that you don't have to work for someone else. That's key. It doesn't necessarily mean that you don't work for someone else. It's just that you don't have to. And that could mean that in lieu of working for someone else, you're working for yourself in your own small business. And that's giving you some semblance of financial independence. There's a striking difference that there are many in our community who are compelled who have to work for someone else because their finances don't allow otherwise. And I'll sort of provide some color to this. You know, We've been blogging for about eight years. And so about eight, nine years ago, I, after a great career at Charles Schwab, I suddenly started working for a horrible boss. I mean, she was just miserable. I mean, and, and I know it wasn't me. I know it was her because her colleagues would use expletives to describe her. So whatever her problems were, she took a lot of that out on me. And so my last year at Schwab was miserable. I was dreading going into work. I was very often depressed. On weekends, I'd be sleeping during the day. I was completely not myself. And this had gone on for you know, six, 12 months, and I don't know exactly how long, but quite a while. And at some point, David finally came to me and said, look, we've paid off our debt. We have such a low-cost mortgage because we bought a right-size home. Um, we have our emergency savings. And uh, with all of that, plus my income, you don't need to put up with this. You can leave if you want to. So after you know thinking about that for a couple of weeks, we finally agreed that I was going to quit my job. So I went to my boss's office and he said, I'm quitting. And I'll never forget, it was, it was so enjoyable that she asked me, you know, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? And my answer was that it was nothing. I'm not going anywhere. And it was so, it was like, it was an indirect middle finger because, you know, I didn't have to go somewhere else and I didn't have to put up with her anymore. It was, so it was completely, it was very cathartic to say that. And that's to me, is sort of the, the pinnacle of what financial independence is that you no longer have to tolerate that. Right. And I think when I look back to, to that scenario, you talked about a low cost mortgage, but I think there were probably a couple of keys that really helped us there. I wasn't earning a ton of money, but what I was earning allowed us to cover our low living expenses. We kept our living expenses low. And I think it might've been kind of a natural progression of what happened after we paid off our credit card debt, that we kept our living expenses low. And like you said, we had our emergency savings to back us up if anything ever happened to me. And that really allowed you to take that opportunity to break away from that bad job. And what that did allow then was that gave us the opportunity to really sort of put a lot of time and effort or me to put a lot of time and effort into getting debt-free guys started, which helped us reach that sort of one of those components in Robert Kiyosaki's definition of wealth, and that's investing in our own small business. So between the stock market investments and our business that we have today, that's why we're one flavor of financial independence. Right. Now, the question may come up, why are we talking about this on the podcast again? Why Why do we talk about financial independence? And the reason for that is because we are curious why there aren't a lot of LGBT folks who are seeking financial independence. Are they doing it? Well, not in mass. Think back to a couple of the episodes. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, we had Allie and Allison from All Options Considered on episode 160 of the podcast. They've reached financial independence. Court and Nick of Modern Family, they were on episode 200. They've reached financial independence. Steffi and Jillian of Our Freedom Years on episode 213, they've reached financial independence. Now, if you've been listening to me, you kind of probably hear that there's a theme here. There's not a lot of G's, B's, and T's that are out there talking about and encouraging other folks to pursue financial independence. And that's a kind of a curious thing. Why is that the case? I think that there's a little bit of a delay in our community talking about simply because 
five years ago or so, no one was talking to our community about personal finance. When John and I started in 2015, we were the only out LGBT people talking about personal finance to the LGBT community. And that's really kind of been our passion is to try to spread this word of financial independence and financial well-being to other people in the queer community. Now, it may be that a lot of gay men and bisexual people and transgender people are pursuing and have reached financial independence, but they're not talking about it. That kind of seems unlikely. Um, you would think that because of there is a whole movement of personal finance, blogging, podcasting, and all the other stuff, that there would then also be more gay men, more trans, and more bisexual people talking about financial independence. That just doesn't seem to be the case. So why aren't LGBTQ people pursuing FI with the same vigor that the general population is. Right. Now, like David said, we've been doing this for, for quite a while. The podcast has been around for about five years. So in that, we've connected with a lot of LGBTQ folks to kind of gauge uh, their status of financial security. We've also traveled around the world, especially around the country for our business, especially recently in 2019 with the Queer Money Live Tour. So we've kind of gotten a, a pulse from the community about why people might not be pursuing financial independence. The number one reason seems to be that most folks don't feel like financial independence is possible. Mm. Whether that's for everyone or that's simply not possible for them is moot. They just feel like it's not possible. And if you don't believe that something is possible for you, then it's not likely going to happen. So that's probably point number one is that many of us don't believe that it's possible. And hopefully we're showing uh, with the list of names that David just rattled off and our story and other folks that we'll be interviewing throughout the next couple of months, um, you'll start to see that if those people can achieve financial dependence, then yes, maybe it is possible for you. I kind of wonder sometimes, especially for gay men, because of the stories that we've heard and the comments that we've gotten and the, the feedback we've gotten from other gay men, is this feeling of needing to live a fabulous life where you have the perfect car, the perfect house, the perfect clothes, perfect vacations. And that basically means you're spending so much of your money that you don't have money to invest, which means that you constantly feel this stressor and that, that may lead that you have financial stress and that may lead to you not believing it's possible because you're trying. And this is exactly why we had so much credit card debt. We were trying to live up to a standard. And so we want a, a standard within the gay community that is a, a false standard. It shouldn't be there, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think it's important to, to know that there's a distinction between looking rich and achieving financial independence. Right. You can look rich and be financially dependent, but most people, um, especially in the middle class, can't have both. And I would argue that our closet when we were in $51,000 of credit card debt was way more interesting than our closet is today. I mean, right now we're basically t-shirt and jeans kind of gays. Every now and then we get a little dressed up, but um, <laughs> we, do, you know, we don't have the designer clothing anymore. We don't have all the fabulous shoes. And you know, some people might you know, think we look pretty basic, but you know what? We're financially independent and we can do and, and go and, and, and live the way we want to live. Right. Um, and that's to, to, to us way more powerful than having the right kind of shoes for the season. Um, and that's a great segue into uh, the second point of why people in our community might not be pursuing FI or thinking that FI is possible for them is that maybe exacerbated by the student loan debt crisis is that many of us think that debt is a way of life. Pretty much from the time you get out of high school, you've got credit card debt, student loan debt, and then you graduate college, you get mortgage debt, auto loan debt, and they just think that debt's the way of life. And that with the way that our consumption society is being structured, where everything that we have today is being financed, we are owning 
less and less than we ever have before, it, it may seem like debt is a way of life. So it's actually, you've got to be very strategic and proactive to avoid getting caught up in all of that. Right. The third point, which may rub some people the wrong <laughs> right, way. This is contentious. <laughs> there seems to be a distrust of capitalism among many in our LGBT community. And those people try to, I would say, unsuccessfully opt out only to hurt themselves in the long run. Right. I think that the, the interesting thing is a lot of people think that you cannot invest if you're an anti-capitalist. And that is specifically what is preventing a lot of folks from being able to get on the path to financial independence is they don't want to invest because they think that that's the way to be an anti-capitalist. Right. And we don't want to argue the pros and cons of a capitalist system. <laughs> that's we another would, episode. That's we what this episode is about. That one, that's but. another episode. We would argue that we're not living in a capitalist society. We're, uh, we believe that we're living in a combination of a corporatist slash uh, plutocratic society. Um, we did talk about this a little bit in an article we wrote for debtfreeguys.com titled How Compassionate Capitalism Helps LGBTQ Folks. If you're interested, you can check that out. Um, we don't want to dive too much into that. But the, the point is that a lot of us in our community are saying that we don't trust capitalism. So we try to disengage from it and thereby not taking advantage of the resources that are available to us to reach financial independence. Right. And I think what's what's funny about that is oftentimes, especially for individuals who are pursuing this quote unquote fabulous life of having all the things of one side of their mouth, they're talking about how they're anti-capitalist, but by pursuing this life of fabulousness, they are actually in some ways participating and encouraging and boosting that idea of capitalism or consumption. And folks who are actually pursuing financial independence, individuals who control their spending and don't live that quote unquote excessive, fabulous life, they're individuals who actually are doing a better job of disengaging from capitalism. Again, another topic, another, another show. Topic. That could go. We'll get in the weeds <laughs> with that one. The next point here is that many of us are hiding in lower level positions in corporate America. So many of us have a nine to five job, but because of being LGBTQ, we decide that it's a little bit more comfortable for us to stay in lower level positions and not pursue management level positions, especially C and E suite level positions, because the higher you go up in the ranks, the more out you are. Right. Not that you necessarily have to share everything about yourself or that everything is going to be exposed about yourself, but you're kind of put more and more in the line. Timeline. And so some people in our community aren't comfortable with that from their past experience growing up as LGBTQ. We talked a little bit about this with Todd Sears, the founder of Out Leadership, on episode 168 of the podcast. If you want to dive into that topic, check out that particular episode. But a lot of us find safety in lower level positions, and thereby we sort of mitigate any upward earning potential that we might have that our skill sets might actually allow us to have because we're sort of concerned about being too out and open. Right. But I think that there's also the flip side of that is for individuals who do want to progress and are looking for promotions and opportunities, ways to get noticed. Some of them face what we call cascading homophobia. And we talked about that on episode 230 of the podcast. And that's basically where some well-meaning individuals who may say that they're supportive of the community may not promote or add you to a project or share information about you because they don't want to have to explain to someone above them why they're supporting somebody who is a part of the LGBT community, right? So that can be a form of discrimination that actually can be holding us back and preventing us from achieving or thinking about financial independence. Capital One strives to inspire a better financial path for everyone, including the LGBTQ plus community through access to credit, tools to manage debt and product features. 
Digital products such as CreditWise and Eno are designed to take the stress out of money by helping you manage credit, a key source of potential stress, and stay on top of spending without worrying all the time. Sign up for CreditWise for free today. And then I think that there's the topic that we talked about recently on episode 268 and financial exclusion. And this is basically micro events that are happening throughout your life, especially early on in life, that may be from your family or from individuals around you that prevent you from making financial progress. Maybe your parents aren't participating in your life in a financial way that they may be doing for your siblings. Those kinds of small things that may happen early on may prevent you from getting on the path to financial independence or thinking about it may hold you back financially and keep you in the place of having a lot of financial stress. So that legacy financial exclusion can be contributing to why some folks in the community are holding back from getting on the path to financial independence. Yeah, and I think it's important to, to note that even though we're asking why more LGBTQ people aren't pursuing financial independence, that isn't that doesn't mean that we don't have challenges that we have to face in order to achieve that financial independence that maybe other parts of the population, the general population don't need to face. We definitely do have some challenges. Right. Um, a lot of everybody that David listed off earlier had LGBTQ challenges that many in the LGBTQ community can face today. But the question we have to ask ourselves is, are we letting those challenges become an excuse? Um, or can we overcome those challenges? And, and we think in most cases that many of us can overcome those challenges. Right. So how can we get more people to talk about or to be seeking financial independence? Well, it's important to talk about it right? We have to talk, talk about talk, it. Talk. talk, right. And that was the whole reason why we did the Queer Money Live tour in 2019, visiting various LGBT centers, especially in the upper Northeast, trying to get the conversation started about why queer people must be talking about money. Money shouldn't be a taboo topic in our community. And we hope to continue that Queer Money Live tour in 2022, as long as things can, you know, if we can get things to open back up. But it doesn't just have to be at events like that, right? If you're listening to this podcast and you know somebody who may be interested or knows somebody who could benefit from the discussion around financial independence, or maybe the discussion about getting out of debt, or maybe the discussion about ways that we can take care of ourselves without spending a lot of money, share these episodes with folks. The whole point is to carry the conversation on. If you're talking to your friends about it, then they may realize it's an opportunity for them to be thinking about their finances and more people in the queer money can then start talking about financial independence. Remember, there is no shame in reaching financial independence. If you are able to reach financial independence and you are able to no longer work for someone, whether you don't like working for them or not, but you're able to then work on something that's your that's more of interest or passion to you, that's exactly what life is about, right? You should be able to and be proud of the fact that you've reached a level of financial independence that lets you do what life is about enjoying your life, right? And that is what a lot of folks who have reached financial independence are able to do. They're able to pursue something. And maybe that may mean that more queer folks are able to participate in reaching for and fighting for the rights that the queer community needs instead of going to a nine to five job, working for someone else that they don't really enjoy working for. 
Yeah. I'll add that I think the biggest takeaway that we had from the Queer Money Live tour in 2019 was the number of people who came up to us after the right. events and said, thank you so much for getting this conversation started. I, I'm dying to have this conversation. My friends and family and I need to have this conversation, but everybody's afraid for some whatever reason, <laughs> right? They, it's a scary topic to, to bring up. It's scary to be the person to bring it up. But we think that more and more people want to have this conversation in our community. We just need more to actually start to start that conversation. So yeah. maybe use this episode, uh, share this episode with friends or family of, of yours, um, and use this as a catalyst to start that conversation among your circle of friends and, and colleagues. Mm-hmm. So whether you've been listening to this podcast, you know, for one day or for five years, we would encourage you to consider pursuing Phi. Just get started. Just get the conversation started with yourself, get the conversation started with your friends, listen to this podcast, find other personal finance experts in the queer community that you might connect with. The list of names that David rattled off earlier are a great resource to get started. If you have any doubt that financial independence is possible for you, remember there are folks from all different demographics within the LGBTQ community, all different income levels who are pursuing and who have achieved FI. We just need to get more of us to do it so we can have the same mass number of people who are doing it as a general population. Right. Use their stories, use our story, whoever you connect with as inspiration for why you too can achieve financial independence. Right. Go back and listen to some of those episodes that we've done over the last five years that highlight individuals who are pursuing it or have achieved it. And remember, our journey towards financial independence did not start with us actually saying we're going to try to achieve financial independence. It started with us figuring out how we would pay off our $51,000 in debt. And that motivated us to then continue to think about this idea of, I don't want to work for someone else. I can achieve financial independence, right? So all of us can, every single one of us can, you can too, but we have to actually go out and find out how to do it for your unique situation. Exactly. So that covers that topic for the Queer Money Podcast today. (laughs) Stay tuned for the Queer Money Takeaway from this episode after a word from our sponsors. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Queer Money Podcast. Here's your Queer Money Takeaway from this particular episode. Whether you've thought about it or thought about whether it's possible for you or not, Remember, financial independence is possible for you. Start researching and learning more about financial independence, especially by listening to this podcast. Now, look out for next week's episode where we're actually interviewing a gay couple who accidentally became financially independent and how they are now slow traveling around the world. It's going to be an exciting episode. Exactly. And then again, please remember that we make the Queer Money Podcast for you. So please post your money questions in the Queer Money Facebook group. We may answer your question in an upcoming episode. Thank you. And we'll talk with you next week. Bye-bye. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.